LA Transplants. I'm Tiffany and thanks for listening. This is episode number three and I chat with Jason Revist who is a self-proclaimed witch and Wiccan spiritual healer here in Los Angeles. I actually met him at a Pagan Pride Day down in Long Beach. They were holding a festival and I walked up on a ritual that he was performing to bless some of the food that was offered and I was actually there because I was working on a story. But um, I started talking to him, and I had only planned to talk to him for maybe five minutes. And everything that he said was super interesting. So we just kept going and going and going. And I uh, hope you find him as interesting as I did. And I'll see you on the other side. Um, my name is uh, Nathair. Um, we are the Rainbow Warriors. Um, I will be acting as the high priestess for the ritual. So tell me about Rainbow Warriors. Okay, well, the Rainbow Warriors, we are a, an eclectic Wiccan-based coven. Uh, we work primarily out of the San Fernando Valley, specifically in Sunland. Um, we've been practicing together um, since 1998, but we actually formed the, uh, the coven and took on the name the Rainbow Warriors in 2001. Um, it's primarily, we're, we're open to everybody in terms of, you know, we're not just a male coven, we're not just you know, a female coven or a gay coven or a straight coven. You know, we, we chose Rainbow because it's about the diversity of expression. Um, we place a big emphasis on balance, um, balance in work, life, play, but also balance in male-female polarity um, and every shade in between. Um, and so we also place, uh, we're also really big on healing. Um, so we would, every one of our members um, actually becomes a Reiki healer. Um, the ability to do Reiki is passed on through uh, basically an initiatory attunement um, from a Reiki master to a Reiki student. Um, one of the great things about Reiki is that it doesn't take years and years of study. Um, you can, you can, in one weekend, you can become a Reiki practitioner. Um, and so, it, so it's great. It's, it's, it's very accessible. And because it's so easy and it's so wonderful and helpful, um, that's why we decided to incorporate it into our tradition. We're actually forming our own tradition called the Rainbow Warrior Tradition, which is based on the accumulated knowledge of what we've worked out over the years of working together. Elders and mighty ones, ancestors of the land and of our bones, we ask that you join us in this gathering, that our ritual finds favor in thine eyes. For we are the Rainbow Warriors of the Lord and Lady and Great Spirit. And we meet to invoke thee into this, our sacred space. Blessed be. I consider myself to be a witch, uh, a witch and a healer, um, or I will also sometimes refer to myself as a, a Wiccan priest, um, but I've always sort of been different. Um, when I was a little kid, I used to get visions um, before I knew that everybody didn't get them. Um, you know, so I would, um, I would meet someone and I would see how they were going to die. Um, and as a kid, that was really freaky, and I knew that not everybody... Um, not everybody saw things that way and so I knew enough to kind of keep it to myself but I was really scared um, and so 
my mom and dad were raised Catholic, but they raised my brother and I just sort of as moral people. Um, they wanted us to be able to choose our own path. And so I was able to, I knew that there was something greater out there than you know, than myself, but I wasn't necessarily comfortable with calling it specifically the, the God or the Christian God. Um, and so I just sort of pleaded to the universe and all that is to make these horrible visions of seeing people die stop. And um, I did that for a while, um, but then around, I think it was 10 years old, um, I was living in Germany at the time because my dad was in the military and I'd gotten very sick and I was hospitalized for a couple weeks and um, after that I went home and at night I was going to bed and in the doorway I could see some beings made out of energy forming in the door, like two of them. And they started to walk towards me and I was sort of freaking out a bit. Um, but as they got close to my bed I, I blacked out and then I woke up the next morning and I was still alive. Um, and so that, that pattern continued. Like every night I would get these spirit visitors and I would black out. And so I would never really remember anything that was going on. So when I went to school um, and I was taking like natural science classes about, you know, learning about how the universe works and things like that, it all seemed really familiar to me. And what I surmised was that the spirits that were coming to me at night were actually teaching me. Um, because it all seemed very familiar. It's like I understood that, yeah, okay, everything's made up of energy. Everything's got atoms. And, you know, to, to change from one state to another, you have to add more energy or to or take energy away and things like that. Um, so I started sort of searching, you know, for physical world um, teaching tools. And so I found books and things like that. But I cast my first spell when I was 13. Um, what was it? Well, interestingly enough, it's, it's one that... Um, that I would never ever do again because um, it was um, at a time when I did not know um, about the ethics involved in, in magic and my dad was in the military as I said and there was a kid in my school who kind of made my life you know miserable and so I found a spell in a book and modified it and um, basically the spell was to get rid of him and so I did the spell, and within a week, his father had got orders to permanently change where they were living. Uh, so they, they, they were moved away, um, which was, would have been fine, except that after he moved, um, no one remembered him. And in fact, I don't even remember his name. I, I remember enough of the details to know that I did a working that, that had an impact of that magnitude that was something that I don't necessarily want to do again. Right. Um, because it's like, okay, that, A, that proved to me that, that this stuff is real. Um, but B, it also made me sort of want to start exploring um, the ethics involved. Um, yeah. I have a million. I, you're so fascinating. I have a million questions for you. I'll try to be quick because I know sure. that you're running a business. Yeah. But, I mean, there is a thin line, I guess, between the, the bad and the good. Sure. And... And here I'm learning that it's, it seems mostly about love and inclusion and, and mm -hmm. education. Yeah. But how often is that? I mean, how often do you meet good witches? Well, the thing is that, you know, um, like with all subsets, um, they represent 
I mean, every facet of a person can be found within every subset of society. So within within the craft, you know, as, as as we call it, within the craft, there are people who are, you know, just like in everyday life, you know, there are people who are kind of jerks, and there are people, there are witches that are kind of jerks. You know, um, just because someone's a witch doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be beneficial. That being said, one of the tenets that we hold, you know, really close is, you know, um, uh, and it harm none, do as you will. Okay, and so the idea behind that is that, you know, you're sort of also included in that harming none. So the idea is that, you know, you want to go through life and, you know, don't cause any harm. And um, we don't believe in doing magic against someone's free will. So, like, one of the most common things that people come to us and be like, oh my god, um, can you do this love spell? I really like this person and I want them to fall in love with me. And we will instantly say, no, we cannot do that. Well, yes, technically we can. But we don't want to deal with the karma associated with that. And so what we would rather focus on is making that person that came to us feel more open to, um, to receiving love so, so that possibly they may be more attractive to that person or just everyone in general. And so they'll find love come to them. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty common to find, you know, good witches. Um, and, you know, you kind of have to, we all, every, there's a little witch in everyone. And so, you know, you have to sort of trust your gut instinct. You know, we all have that sort of feeling that, you know, sometimes we walk into a situation and we don't listen to our hunches and then we, you know, uh, we run into something bad and then we're like, oh, I guess I should have listened or I should have followed my first instinct. And that's because that's part of all of us. Um, as witches, we learn to hone that so that we're more in tune with it. But, um, you know, so when you're interacting with people, you know, kind of listen to your gut. And if you feel like, you know, you maybe can't trust them, there's probably a reason that you're getting that sensation. So what, what brought you here to California? I know you said that your dad traveled a lot. Yeah. Did you guys land here? No, actually, um, my family is all from Massachusetts, and my dad retired from the military to Massachusetts, Western Mass, uh, so about two hours from Boston. Um, and I came out here to go to school. Uh, school. Um, I went to USC for film school. And um, I came out here because I, w I wanted to be in the film industry. Um, but... You know, after going through film school and you know working, I worked at Fox Broadcasting, and um, you know currently I work at Universal during my nine to five. Right. You know, um, I I realized that what I what I really wanted, what really feeds my soul, is to help people. Um, so that's why I do things like this. You know, where I offer Reiki healing sessions and I make you know organic handmade soap so that you know I know what's every product you know every ingredient that's in it and I can feel good about putting it on my body and things like that mm -hmm. I went to school also for aromatherapy so I kind of basically moved out here because I knew that that this was the place for the entertainment industry and the entertainment industry was going to be a place that was going to afford me to have the kind of lifestyle that I wanted to be able to live so that I could have the freedom to explore um, and learn um, and then eventually hopefully Maybe in five years or so, you know, transition fully into to doing healing work all the time. Nice. I'm curious to know about your family. How did they receive this, and, yeah. and, and are they open to it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I always joke with my mom that she's a witch and she just doesn't know it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we were growing up, you know, like, her, one of her favorite things to do was to hang out in the cemetery. Um, because she just felt a sense of sacredness and connection there. And within Wicca um, uh, and other traditions, there's a lot of, um, not necessarily ancestor worship, but ancestor work, you know, where you kind of work with, you know, the spirits of, of those who you love and, have, and who have passed on. Um, so I remember when I first sort of broached the subject with them, um, my dad, uh, my mom was a little bit more apprehensive in the beginning. 
but uh, my dad said, you know, well, he's, you know, he's looking for information, and knowledge is power. And so if you have more knowledge, then you're going to be less likely to be susceptible to a cult or something like that. Um, and so to kind of alleviate my mom's concerns, um, I did a full moon ritual um, that I allowed her to, to sit in and watch. Um, and she realized that it's really just about kind of um, spiritual evolution and... Um, you know, self-growth and love and empowerment and just sort of like taking personal responsibility, which is huge right. for us, you know, because, you know, no one's going to change your life except for you. And that's something that my dad always would always say to my brother and I. He was like, you know, look, if, if there's something in your life that you don't like, um, it's, up to you to it's up to you to change it. Um, and if not, then don't complain about it. You know, so they were pretty open to it. And um, so my, uh, in 2005, my husband and I were, um, were hand-fasted, which is a, basically a Wiccan wedding ceremony. And so uh, my mom and dad flew out from Massachusetts for the ceremony. And his mom, actually, uh, she's 83 now, uh, she came uh, for the ceremony as well. And, they, and you know, what I've, a general kind of rule that I found in life is that if you approach people from an honest and genuine place... And if you don't have an issue with something, you're basically telling someone else that they shouldn't have an issue with it. Right. You know, so it's like, I feel very fortunate that, you know, I'm able to be myself everywhere in every part of my life. You know, so I go to work, you know, nine to six, you know, um, in the entertainment industry, which is granted more open-minded than some. Right. Um, but I go to work and everyone there knows that I'm a soap maker. Everyone there knows I'm into aromatherapy. Everyone knows I'm a witch, you know, and it's not a big deal to me. You know, it's like I don't introduce myself to someone and say, hi, I'm this, you know, this subset or this subset or this set. It's like, I'm Jason. Right. And I, it's good to meet you. That was Jason Rivas of the Rainbow Warriors, which is a Wiccan-based coven out in the San Fernando Valley. Um, you can check them out at www.therainbowwarriors.org. Uh, Jason also is a Reiki healer, so he does a lot of energy cleansing and healing and other rituals. So uh, you can also find their page on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Rainbow Warriors. And I'll include links to this conversation and also where you can find Jason on my website, latransplant.com. Episode three is in the books. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.